It's episode 66 of the Presentable Podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Bean. Today, Mike Hurley returns to the program. He's the co-founder of the Relay FM Podcast Network and host of Upgrade, a podcast focusing on Apple. Today, we discuss that company's recent announcement that Chief Design Officer Sir Johnny Ives is leaving the company to start a new design studio. Mike, thanks for being on the show. I feel like we're doing... like political podcasts have emergency podcasts right when there's like huge news i feel like that's what we're doing today we're doing an emergency (laughs) podcast (laughs) uh, it was announced yesterday i think or overnight or something like that uh Uh, and uh and we're all going on vacation so like let's quick do this yep let's get this on here this is not necessarily a very topical podcast but sometimes um the news is just too too rich to pass up Mm -hmm. this is i mean and as well i mean i am particularly interested uh, in talking to you about this as someone from a design background, because especially from a design leadership background, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in understanding kind of if you think this is a sound the alarm moment or not. Mm, yeah, that's a good question. There's a lot of a lot of meaty stuff to discuss there. Let's let's uh, let's talk about the details a sec, mm-hmm. and, and we'll get into that. But before we start, you have a Mac in front of you, I would assume. Most definitely. Yep. What is, what is the material the case is made out of? <laughs> aluminium can you say that maybe just a little more earnestly aluminium see i'm really gonna miss that like that yeah. might be the, the biggest consequence of him leaving. So, it was always so great that he never caved on that no. one i mean because I, I i know that there are some times where i say aluminum and i don't want to <laughs> but i can't help it because i talk to americans all the time so things just slip i like to think that sometimes he would say it incorrectly and then make everyone stop and he'd do a retake <laughs> i bet i bet i, I I can only imagine it like infuriates the middle part of the of America of, of having him do. Oh, that, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, it's it's got to. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I can't really take vitamin though. That one gets under my skin. Vitamins? No. Vitamins. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So he's leaving. He uh, let's see. He is starting a new studio called Love From. Do you know the kind of the backstory on that? Was, I don't actually. I, I read. Oh, I'll have to look it up and put it in the show notes. Uh, it had some connection to something between him and Steve Jobs, and um, and I'm not entirely sure what that is. Uh, but we'll have to look that up. God, I was hoping you would know that. Uh, that's all right. Um, th- they announced it overnight. Uh, Apple lost nine billion dollars in value, uh, though I think they've re- regained it already uh, through the, through the night. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know the value of design. There you go. It, it, the value of design is apparently $9 billion. So um, I appreciate it. So I'll that. ask you that actually just like, is it the value of design or is it the value of him? Uh, well, I think in this particular case, it's just like it's, any change in leadership in any big public company affects the, you know, makes, um, makes the market a little jittery. Uh, yeah, but I guess like he is particularly different, right? I, I don't think when Angela Arons left the retail chief that they had a no. drop like this. No, right. Um, he, well, yeah, he is uh, has a sort of cult of personality. Um, mm-hmm. It is also probably, I think, interpreted largely as his as the that's the true end of the Jobs era, or like maybe the the final end of Steve Jobs' influence now. Because obviously, there are people that are still around, even in the leadership team, like Phil Schiller. But it's not the same thing, right? It's not. It is. There was something that was sort of magical. I mean, uh, I have read a couple of things here um, using a metaphor of. Uh, 
Lennon and McCartney. Of, mm-hmm. and, and I read, there's, I'll put a link to this in the show notes, the interview in the New Yorker on the eve of the uh, launch of the Apple Watch in 2015. There was a yep. huge, huge piece, 10,000 10, words or something like that. And, and in it, uh, they interviewed, uh, there, there was quotes from Johnny Ives talking about this weird, like their very first time he met Steve Jobs, they had like this instant connection. Like he came in to tour the studio and they like locked on each other and just started designing the new iMac. Like the first time they met and they were like, so, so there was something about what came out of that era of the sort of that, that, uh, what I guess 14 or 15 year collaboration that was, um, that, that felt alien even to the two of them. It worked so well. I think that specific thing is what I, I actually feel pretty sad about this. Mm. Like this whole thing, like about him leaving, I feel pretty mournful of it. Like it, it really feels like the end of something. And as someone who's been like such a fan of Apple for so long, there's yeah. something about it that's like, it feels pretty sad in a way. Like a band breaking up to, to extend yeah, the metaphor. A, but yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. is. Like there won't be any more of that. No. Right. Which is probably not entirely the case because hardware is so far out that I think his, his not just his influence, but his direct design will, I think we've got four or five more years of stuff he has designed or at least directed but this is exactly the same as when steve died too right it was like there had to be multiple years and i mean the idea people would say that like the apple watch was probably the first product that he was not involved in in any way right because it was like enough time and and that kind of stuff so it's gonna it will be multiple years but as i've seen many people say and it makes complete sense to me like it might be longer because for the same reason that like Johnny could keep making products that were kind of like what was being made when Steve was around, the design team that's left has worked with Johnny Ive for their entire career in most of their cases. Mm-hmm. They will naturally carry some of his preferences along with them for a long time. So we'll, we will still feel the effect of his designs I don't know, maybe for as long as Apple's around. I don't know. I think preferences, uh, the, the word you use there could be even stronger, which is systems, right? Like when he took over uh, both software and hardware, he unified a design language um, in a more consistent and stronger way than I have ever seen at a company that size. Mm-hmm. Um, you take, for example, the San Francisco typeface, which is now used in their operating systems, on the machines, uh, in all of their advertising, everywhere on their website. It is a corporate font to a degree that I have never seen anybody execute before. Um, And Apple did not do that when Steve Jobs was around, right? They were using Myriad on the machines and Healthetica and iOS and um, uh, Lucida Grande, right? For for Mac Mm -hmm. OS and, um, and, and, um, and his ability to, to sort of, uh, Johnny Ives' ability to sort of, create a consistent language for better or worse. There's times when it didn't work and they have adjusted and, and evolved and stuff. But I think that level of influence systems regulation around a design language, I don't see them changing that for decades. No, cause that's, it's kind of like part of the institution of the company now, right? Like yeah. whether people like it or not, like that's, that's, it would just take so much work and effort to unbundle that idea. You've got to have a really good reason. And I just, yeah. I don't think yeah, that yeah, for yeah. a lot of their stuff that they do, that there is one. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and that kind of stuff can and often does with big companies last for decades. I mean, um, the Apple logo itself, right, has gone through changes and iterations, but that's been around for 40 or 
so years. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, there will be a time I think when the San Francisco typeface does, feels antiquated, but I think that's a long way off. So, um, so yeah, he um, uh, he has been pulling back for a while though. That's what's being said, right? I mean, I, like I, I don't know if we know, right? But like the, the the hints have been there at least. Yeah, I think you know he was sort of quote unquote promoted to chief design officer uh, four years ago or so, four or five years mm-hmm. ago. And uh, from rumor and speculation is that he was kind of at the Apple campus once or twice a week. Uh, he spent a lot of time in London, um, worked primarily overseeing the the headquarters, the spaceship headquarters, um, and all of the design work that went into that. Uh, and so I think perhaps these systems that, uh, that they work so hard on developing these design like this design language in iOS and, and Mac OS and, and whatnot. Uh, I think that may have been, running sort of under his direction rather than him in the studio, you know, mm-hmm. doing every iteration with the team and, and things like that. Uh, but that's just my, it's just my impression on it. Yeah. It's likely he was at least yes and knowing. Right. And then kind of leaving it at that, like without doing what he'd maybe done in the past where he's quite literally there over somebody's shoulder, right. <laughs> Going yeah. through stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting as well, like, you know, you mentioned, you've, you've mentioned like Apple Park and the typeface and stuff like that. There is this real feeling when you look at those couple of specific things that maybe he has spent some time building a legacy for himself, hmm. you know, like, and or at least checking off things that he wanted to do. Like, it, it's long been known, right, that the Apple Watch was just, he really wanted to make a watch. And that was definitely one of the driving forces in making the Apple Watch, which is why all those profiles and stuff were coming out about him around the time. I think he was kind of driving a lot of that because, and it's why they made a gold one, right? Like it was just something that Johnny wanted to do. Um, And you can imagine, right, that you've had a career like that. You feel like you've maybe designed enough computers, right? And (laughs) you might want to just do some other things that you can do. One of them is build a building, which is a tribute to some, to your mentor and like, closest friend mm-hmm. and then you just create a typeface because i mean you can tell me uh it seems like a wonderful thing to do to have that be a thing that you create and then put out into the world and it's a way that language is interpreted and displayed and mm-hmm. it seems like he was maybe going for a bit of a let's check off what i want to check off and now i'm done kind of thing yeah 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 i remember all the talk about um car design and things like that, which, mm-hmm. uh, which, uh, I think Apple toyed with or pulled back from things like that. But now that he has a studio, I've been kind of pondering like who would be a client, right? Like, Oh my God, who would, sorry. And I could imagine him doing who something. Wouldn't. Yeah, well, uh, maybe the right question is who could be a client, right? Like <laughs> yes, who gets to okay. be a client, right? Let me you ask you about this, actually. What do you think about the idea that Apple will be a client of Johnny Ive's company? Do you think that this is the real deal, or do you think that they're just saying that to appease people? I think that was uh, an attempt to limit the losses to $9 billion last night. Right. I think it was just, you know, it's Tim saying, like, everything's the same, it's going to be fine, and and no, I don't think so. I don't know. I, I did see a phenomenal tweet, though, that said, um, no, Johnny Ives will still work with Apple, but now they'll need a dongle. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, no, I, I can't, I can't imagine, uh, it, 
It's certainly, I mean, maybe there'll be like special projects, right? Like there'll be some limited edition of something. Which is know? kind of what they've said. It's like special stuff, but I don't even know what that would mean. I mean, I, there is a kind of a part of me that I really wouldn't mind if they did like, and we, here's the new Apple Watch. Oh, and we also have the Johnny Ive edition. Yeah. Yeah, right? exactly. Which, you know, could be like different colorways and stuff, which could right. be fun. Like, like what they do with uh, Project Red with some of their products, right? Mm-hmm. Like there, there's one over here too that's a little bit special and, and things. But it does seem like the idea, like, I think what Apple's trying to be like is, oh, you know, we could have him hop in and out. Like, I just can't imagine it. It just yeah. it just seems so strange to me because why else would he do it if he right. didn't want to get away from that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I also, you know, it, it, it also makes me wonder who, who would be that list of clients he would want to work with. Uh-huh. Uh, and I started thinking like, oh, you, you could imagine him doing something with BMW now, right? Uh-huh. And, and actually getting to to take that design sensibility to automobiles or, or all sorts of things, all sorts of make, things in the he world. He could make a real watch. He could, for example, he do something will, right? uh, that would actually work as luxury. Remember there was like the, you know, like you mentioned the gold watch, it was $17,000. Mm-hmm. And, um, cause Mark Newsom's going with him as well, right? This isn't being spoken about as much for right, good reason, but, yeah. but Newsom's going too. Yeah, yeah. It's not like uh, Mark Newsom's taking over or anything like that. No, um, no. He's gonna he's gonna go along. They're gonna. Well, in fact, you say that nobody's taken over, which is super mm. interesting. We should talk about that. But before we do, uh, before we change over to that subject, I I want to talk about um, some friends who are help sponsoring the program. Um, Mike, you've got a you've got a podcast about pens as well. I we'll sure talk about do. we'll talk mm-hmm. about all your pens. Uh, or <laughs> well, no, we won't. That'll take forever. We, won't. we, don't but we can talk about all your podcasts a little bit later in the program. Uh, but you must have a sort of uh, an interest in in high end papers and as well. I, I could only mm-hmm. assume. Uh, well, if you have high end pens, you gotta have high end papers. Gotta, yeah, you gotta. Uh, have you seen the stuff from Moo? Have you gotten a? Um, or should we send one over immediately? I have a stack of Moo notebooks. Right ah, here. Great. Yes, I absolutely love their notebooks. Actually, the hardcover is a particular favorite of mine. I got one too. I think it's gorgeous. They have done a very good job. But I, I don't know that much about paper. Um, the good stuff, good for writing. It is actually. It, this it was a surprise in kind of the pen and paper community when Moo came out with their notebooks because mm-hmm. of how good they were. Typically, mm-hmm. when companies produce their first notebook, if they're not known for making that stuff, it's not necessarily going to be the best. But the, the Moo notebooks were very highly reviewed, and then, as is typical in the, if you are, uh, if you get reviewed by like pen and paper blogs, of which there are many, and uh, <laughs> if you get reviewed well, your product will go out of stock. And when they came, when those Moo notebooks came out, they went out of stock very quickly for a while. <laughs> mm. Good sign. Good sign. Um, very good sign. Uh, I love them as well. I got, I got a few of them over here too. I'm uh, starting to fill them up, so I'm going to have to go pop up by their office and see if I can beg for some more. Uh, but they're, um, but they're great stuff. So um, just to back up a little bit, Moo is an online print and design company specializing in customizable stuff. They've got the business cards, postcards, stickers, all sorts of things, um, and they're great. They they really help you make a great impression in the important moment when you're meeting somebody for the first time, uh, and you can kind of show off your good taste, your creativity, whenever the opportunity arrives. Um, they have uh, sent me a pack of all their different kinds of, of business cards as well. 
And they've got these great finishes like gold foil and raised spot gloss and letterpress even. Um, and they, they're just totally unique, um, uh, which is kind of rare in the world of like complete online customization. It's not like you have to go call somebody and like put in an order and, and things like that. Um, it's a, it's a very contemporary and modern e-commerce website with great online customization template tools and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and they have a bunch of new templates that they've just rolled out for business cards. Um, with inspiration from a bunch of trends that they've seen from their most creative customers. So um, they also, no matter what you've got, like whether you're promoting a brand or an event or yourself, uh, they have postcards, invitations, letterheads, sticker, stickers, uh, flyers even uh, that you can, you can print from them. Um, and again, the, the amazing quality notebooks that come in both soft and hard cover. So whatever you need, they've got you covered. Um, they will send you the same sample pack I was just talking about. Uh, if just go to their website, uh, they'll send it to you for free and you can take a look at all this different stuff, see what you want. And if you do it right now and spend more than $50, you'll get 15% off the order with your code print moo, P R I N T M O O. That's 15% off. If you spend $50 or more at moo.com. So thanks to our friends at moo for their support of presentable and all of relay FM. Good stuff. You've got a notebook too, don't you? I do. Yeah. I just should, we, producing should we do a like a, just a, a 20 second like promotion of your notebook as well? Um, I would like to, but we're sold out and oh. we won't have any stock for a while. But uh, <laughs> right, never if mind. you go to cortexmerch.com, you can see it and you can put right. your email in and we'll be emailing people when we get more in stock. All right, um, uh, we misjudged qu- the demand significantly, which well, congr- is congratulations because nice we, we misjudged it in the good direction, not the bad direction. <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> You don't have a warehouse full of notebooks. <laughs> we do not. Not yet. Yeah. Who yeah. knows? We might, but yeah. not right now. <laughs> uh, that's great. Well, I would encourage everybody to go listen to Cortex. The, um, it's also at Relay FM. And um, that's a great stuff. But we'll, we'll give a, a rundown of everything you're doing at the end of the show. Uh, you were asking me about... What were you asking about? Oh, um, nobody's filling in the, the empty seat as of the moment. Exactly. Yeah. So... Um, Johnny Ives has left. There are two heads of design. There's mm-hmm. the industrial design. That's Evan Hankey. And then the head of UX, which is Alan Dye. And the two of them now are reporting to Jeff Williams, the COO. And that just broke my heart. That's yeah. what I think of that. I was super sad to see that. Yeah. So Evans Hankey, who is somebody I, I don't know as much about her as uh, I do about Alan Dye. Um, and I think it's because when, when, I've done profiles in the past. Alan Dye was mentioned in that and they spoke about him. But it, there was somebody else in the industrial design role whose name I've forgotten. Um, but Evans, it was the first time I'd heard of her as over all this news. And I was like looking around a little bit and it mm-hmm. seems like she's a bit more out of the spotlight so far. But they have, they're in these roles now. And there's no, the role that, that, Ive was sitting in, nobody's taking, but I understand probably why nobody's taking the chief design officer role because who who would do that right Mm. now? Mm. Because it felt like a very symbolic position, so it seems tricky. Um, But it is peculiar that they are reporting to um, Jeff Williams when really you could just have both of these individuals report directly to Tim Cook. Right. But But I guess it's what they think is impo- is possible and what isn't. It does seem strange um, that all of the design is now reporting into an operational role. 
Um, but I mean, a lot of the counterpoints that I've seen, and this isn't isn't necessarily a bad counterpoint. So I want to see what you say about this. Is that uh, some of the designs Apple's been making over the last couple of years have maybe led to some operational issues, like product delays, product cancellations. Um, the keyboards is obviously a big one. Yeah. Uh, so could it be helpful to have somebody in an operations role, like overseeing some of the design stuff as like, can we do this? Can we actually mm. make this? Mm. Yeah. Or does interesting. that still upset you too much? <laughs> that, uh, that take on it has the implications that design was too powerful at Apple, right? That, yes. um, that design was able Let's say the design discipline would uh, be able to trump the technical discipline uh, in any sort of showdown between yep. form and function, for example. That nobody, nobody could stop Johnny, basically. Um, that, to me, is a failure of leadership and not a failure of structure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yes. that, I, that I would place on Tim Cook and not on uh, the org chart. To me, the the idea of not having a designer reporting to the CEO at Apple is is what is troubling. When I say yeah. like it breaks, when it you breaks say my heart. that sentence, it sounds horrifically broken. Because the way to think about that is that Johnny Ives reported to Steve Jobs from 1996 when he was a guy in the studio. Yeah. Right. Regardless mm-hmm. of his role and his, or regardless of his title and his place in the org chart, it didn't matter. Because Steve was going to have a designer report to him, right? Like that was going to be as obvious as having re- marketing report to him. Like, of course you would. The person who's going to affect the, the, the look and feel of all of our products, the look and feel of Apple products, of course, will report to the CEO. So let me, um, let me try a counterpoint on you for this yeah. one then. Yeah, yeah. What if Tim just is not good at this type of thing and Jeff Williams is? I think Tim is, though. I have heard plenty of uh, accounts of like Tim having a, a jeweler's loop on his desk so that he could look over proposed designs at the pixel level and things like that. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think Tim probably more in an editorial role than a creative role. Yep. But I, I do think he's got excellent taste um, and the ability to lead in that. In that. Um, I think... The scope and scale of what Apple is doing probably requires a better balance between design and technology than they have had over the last five or six years. Okay. Um, just in terms of their prioritization and things like that. So that's where I think you see troubles like the the Mac keyboard or the uh, MacBook keyboard and, and things like that. Yeah, even going back to the Mac Pro, right, which was something that they may be designed to be, as you say, like have more uh, form than function because it was just. It was designed poorly, and they 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 couldn't make the thing cool down, right? Like right. Right. <laughs> because probably because it was too small. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So that sort of that sort of thing. Um, but uh, but I don't know. You know, I don't really want to to really see it degrade. Like, let me give you. I'll, I'll give you an uh, an anecdote, a personal anecdote. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was at a party a number of years ago. It's probably four or five years ago. Uh, this is gonna, it's going to sound like a weird kind of brag, humble brag thing. But <laughs> it, was a, it was a big fancy party in Silicon Valley, and I somehow got invited. And I ended up uh, talking to the guy who ran all of product for Apple's App Store. Okay. He was at this party. And he knew I was a designer, and he's like, ooh, I want to talk to you. We're always hiring. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're, I got a job. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I was like running Typekit at the time. I'm not going to. 
leave that job to go <laughs> design at Apple. But um, I was super flattering and I thanked him and everything. And I'm like, but what's it like being a designer at Apple? And he's like, I'll tell you what. We have the world's best 250 designers and we give them whatever they need. And that's the culture at Apple. And I was like, oh, oh God. Like, holy crap. I'm like, well, no, I'm going to stay with my startup. <laughs> like, but, the, but that answer would at least make you go, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, maybe I'll come down to Cupertino <laughs> for a day. But like, <laughs> I just want to see. Why don't we just take a look? And he was dead serious. He's like, look at me straight oh, yeah. in the eye. This is not some like, oh, what do I say to this guy to get him interested? He was like, this is how it works. Like, there was even a tinge of like a little bit of frustration. He's like, I got it. You know, I give them whatever they need. You know, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and to me, it like that was the perfect communication for what the culture was like over there. Um, and I'm sure like, it's a nightmare for a lot of people, you know, in product management and, uh, engineering and, and all sorts, but it is, um, it is the antithesis of the, the, the design experience that I think most other designers have in their jobs, especially at larger organizations. Right. I mean, there's probably a, uh, there's probably a culture of that at a company like BMW or, or, you know, things like that, or some of the, mm -hmm. maybe the watch brands or, or, or whatever, but, um, but not in tech, you know, and certainly not five or six years ago. It's much more prevalent now. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, um, I, I think I come back to that is uh, that that is a is a function of the leadership team, and and design needs to be represented in person in the leadership team at a company like that, at a company known for that. Um, I'd be happy to see the 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 balance of power shift a little bit. You know, I think I think Johnny F probably got away with a bunch of stuff that probably were, wasn't great simply because of his legacy with Steve and the, the, the power of the role and his, his fame, frankly. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I, um, uh, this feels like a, this feels like a tectonic shift to me. Yeah. It's because it's so peculiar, right? It's like, if you think about who the leadership team is, the leadership team are not all C positions. It's only really Tim and Jeff Williams and Johnny Ive and everybody else is a senior vice president. Yeah. So there kind of isn't a reason necessarily why the senior vice president of industrial design senior vice president of user interface user design user experience what i'm not 100 yeah. sure what that role is called could not be sitting on the executive page it it, it is it's peculiar i mean maybe they will put They're them on there but then but they've they've kind of apple's kind of made it very clear that there is going to be a level between tim and those individuals yeah. and that is jeff williams yeah we could be having a conversation in 18 months where Evans Hackey is, uh, Hanky is, is, has been promoted and there's a little press release and, you know, they do that from time to time. So, so on that note then, cause I think that you're probably right that it won't be for, this won't be a forever thing. Yeah, um, yeah. do you think that this has been a long time coming? Like that Apple knew that this was happening for a while? Yes. Oh yes. You reckon that, that Johnny basically would not have just flamed out. Because oh, that was no, 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 how no. it felt with Angela Arons. It's like, I think that this just all came to a head one afternoon and everybody decided it was best to part ways. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't really follow that story too closely. So that's a bit of a surprise. Was, do you think that was a function of performance? or? So the, 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 the kind of perceived knowledge on this is that Apple, because of some of the issues they were having with iPhone sales, made some decisions about the way, or it, some decisions were made about how the Apple Store experience needed to go through another revision. Uh -huh. And Angela Arons came in to do a very specific type of thing. And that was no longer what Apple wanted to do in the stores, right? So 
Apple's been doing a lot of stuff recently around offers and trade-ins and yeah. changing a lot of the way that the store stuff is working. Um, so they instead, now uh, Deirdre O'Brien, who is the vice president of people, basically HR, now also runs retail. Huh. So she she runs both roles, which seems, again, peculiar on the face of it. But then when you realize most of Apple's people are retail employees, and I believe also Deirdre worked in the retail arm of the business before that they may have now the right person for that for this change in the role but now like apple is focusing much more on um pushing sales in the stores and angela yeah. arantz was definitely no, brought no, in no, to no, yeah. create experiences yeah 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 so it just just like it didn't fit anymore it seemed i don't really i'll be honest with you i don't really like seeing all the signs up for like trading your iphone and i don't like it either act fast and, and it's, it's on sale and worse. all that kind of crap yeah i don't like I don't. it it's not this is like the idea of it's a similar kind of thing for me as to why johnny leaving does make me feel a little bit uncomfortable it's like this isn't the company that i yep. knew anymore maybe right and i i think that in general uh as compared to a lot of people that that follow apple to this degree i have less of an issue with johnny I think like there seems to have been like a a tide turn against him for a while, and I I don't feel it as much. You know, I I understand that they they miss stuff and and things go wrong, but for as bad as those keyboards are, the current iPads and iPhones are so beautiful. Oh my god! You know, they, oh yeah, they make they make mistakes, but they are also designing at a level higher than they ever have ever before. And so I kind of can't, in my mind, I don't separate those things as easily, I think. Yeah. No, I have had every single iPhone and the, the 10 is my favorite. Mm-hmm. It's, the best, it's the best phone I've ever had. Mm-hmm. The 5S, and that wasn't the, the case 5S for a was while. the one before that. Exactly, right? Because the, yeah. the, the, the nope, design yeah. of the 6 and all of the phones that came in that generation yeah. no, was didn't like boring. It. it was like uninspiring, really. Um, especially over the many years where they just kept refining and refining and refining. But then, like, the 10 just blows it all away. And the new iPad Pros are just, oh, my God, they're unbelievable. Uh, so, in, but I understand that, like, there is, um, I think, depending on the type of products that you care about the most, there has definitely been some some very peculiar things happening over the last few years. Like, if you are very, very focused on the Mac, there have been a bunch of very weird product designs and the way that products work and it seems to have been led maybe by design as a problem like for example removing all the ports that is a design decision (laughs) and if you want your ports uh you can't help but blame the designers right because you don't need to remove all the ports Um, you only need to remove all the ports if you want to go for thinness and reducing the holes in the side of the computer because windows pcs are also super thin, but keep a bunch of ports, right? So it's like, you can't help, I think, at that point, then point fingers. But those those products are less important to me because I'm someone who values iOS way more. So I've been much happier with the overall hardware design coming from the company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you've probably heard this uh, before, but uh, all design is really, there's a bunch of craft to it, right? But ultimately, design is just prioritization. Mm -hmm. You figure out a bunch of constraints, and then a bunch of opportunities and you line them all up and you figure it, figure out like where are we, what are we optimizing for and what are we optimizing against, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the reasons I love listening to like a lot of the Apple podcasts and stuff, especially when a new product comes out where the prioritization 
has not been factored into the podcaster, right? Like yes. when suddenly they find themselves like, wait a minute, Apple's making decisions that are not for me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, and it's, and it feels a little troubling when you've been with the company. Well, I've been with the company for 30 years. I've had Apple products, maybe even longer. Oh my gosh. Could be 40, but, uh, no, not quite. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you know what I mean, right? Like uh-huh. the, um, the the MacBook the MacBook One right the one port yes is, is I like I carried that thing around for a long time and loved it because you know I was traveling a bunch and it was perfect it weighed nothing uh, I didn't plug anything into it it was a machine for doing keynote and email right like that was that's what it was for uh, and then I had another machine for all of the you know um, Photoshop and Sketch and whatnot uh, yeah I thought it, I thought it was perfect uh, I don't need it anymore because I carry an iPad around and I still have my big powerful machine you know so like whatever but uh, but it's prioritization it's trying to figure out like what are the factors are we going to optimize for portability and weight are we going to optimize for power and, and speed you know um, but I think uh, what we're what we're circling around here is that sometimes then like the prioritization gets in the way of what's technically feasible and that's that's what's happened a few times and it's upsetting keyboards and whatnot so yeah but your original question we got a little off track there your original question was um is apple like kicking him out or was this planned or did he like walk in one day and say that's it i'm done i don't think so i think he's been planning for this for a long time yeah it certainly seems that way i think like when the watch came out that was such a like a watershed right the watch was out right around the time they got the approval to do the new campus and I think he pretty much said, like, look, make, put me in more of a director role. I'm going to stop working day to day. Let me do this, let me do this uh, campus, and then I'm gonna, I'll leave when we think it's right, the, probably a couple of years after that. I think they've been planning this for five or six years. But it's the, the agency. The agency is so interesting to me, right? That he's setting up this company, which I assume will be headquartered in London, right? But I think would probably be the assumption that he will be running it from London. Could be. Yeah, but I am fascinated to see what comes out of that. I would not hold your breath. Why <laughs> <laughs> should say that? I think it is. I think it is a. It's a. I don't know. I, I was about to wor- use the word hobby, but I think that's way too pejorative. I don't think uh-huh. so at all. Uh, I think it is a vehicle for for a, a, a handful of the world's best designers to to be able to charge when they want to work on something special. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because he's done a lot of charity work for for years, exactly. and him and Mark Newsom create things for for charity stuff, and it might be similar to that. Maybe it's going to be like that, right? I think there's going to be some like um, these these very special projects that that you know that have their brand that that have their branding on it, that their names on it, uh, but that you know. I think they'll come out once in a while, but I, I don't see it as like, you know, like frog design or, or mm-hmm. IDO or something. It's just like, you know, new stuff is coming out every month and that they have a staff of 300 designers that are, you know, taking on all these projects and things like that. I think, I don't know. My, my expe- expectation is he kind of got to know Johnny to, to, <laughs> to be able to work with him, you know? Yeah. I mean, let's be real. He doesn't need a job, right? Like the guy, surely at oh, this no, point no. is yeah. fine. He's, he's got to be fine. Like there was, there were news reports about SEC filings of his, you know, his stock equity and and whatnot. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think I think he's doing all right. It's a trillion dollar company. He's probably doing okay. It's a trillion dollar company, Mike. He's got a little piece of that. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. So I want to say overall, overall, do you feel pessimistic about this? No, 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 no. Not. A, I don't think so. I think. I, I think Apple's got a huge 
future ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I am generally optimistic about some of the bigger tech companies these days, right? I saw in my career, I saw so many companies that were bedrock established blue chip, right? They would call them, um, mm-hmm. essentially become redundant. I mean, uh, even in technology, you know, companies like Nokia, right? Yeah. Like is a great yeah. example you know, things like that, that like a new wave of technology would come and some companies were not able to adapt. Blackberry. Uh, Exactly. Right. So many of them, so many of them taken out by Apple, frankly. (laughs) Um, But then I have also seen, you know, companies diversify the way Google has, which I, you know, for all your emotional emotions around Google and what they're doing and everything, I think has, has done an exceptional job at getting away from just being search and advertising based. I think they're doing better and better and better at that. Or the, the, probably the, I mean, frankly, when you say Google today, are people who actually think about the search engine? No, they probably think about their phone, to be honest. They probably, yeah, probably. or YouTube, right? right. Like, you know, the, the, like the things that occupy people's brains. Exactly, exactly. Both of those acquisitions, by the way, if you want to really talk mm-hmm. about innovation, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but uh, maybe the archetype of, of all of this has been Microsoft. Amazing, you know? Like the, yeah. their move with Azure into the cloud services and being um appropriately like competitive in that against what amazon has done Mm -hmm. uh their hardware is getting really good um you know everything but windows (laughs) yeah (laughs) they're doing uh i I just think they're good like i even uh, this is crazy but like uh working in financial services now we use uh exchange servers and outlook on ios is great oh it's a great app that's a great email app yeah their apps in general are getting better across the board yeah, so just all over the board, uh, I think uh, they're doing. I don't know. Um, there's there's examples of companies that are that have adapted and have changed, and that's all just a, a long sort of metaphor for like. I think no matter. I think Apple could not have the Macintosh in 15 years' time and be a totally different company, you know, like competing or having swallowed Netflix, for example. Like there's mm-hmm. a there's a range of stuff out there. Uh, they could be Goldman Sachs or Citibank. 20 years from now, you know, like yep. you'd be like, remember when Apple like made computers? Wow. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they may not get that far away from their, from their legacy, but they could be one of the top five financial institutions in the world. They could be uh, a broadcaster on par with HBO or the BBC, you know, and like uh-huh. the, I see, I can see that in the future and I can see them being enormously successful at that doing 75 or 80% of their businesses, their business, their revenue from services, when we really hit sort of some kind of upper ceiling to to how when people want to upgrade their devices, yeah, which I think we're I think we're nearly there anyway, right? I think that's that's the reason for the services thing. I think overall, um, as I said, I'm feeling like a kind of some sadness from nostalgia about the whole thing, and I would like to see sometime over the next year or so a little, as you say, like a little bit more representation of design and the overall what Apple considered to be their leadership team. But outside of that, I trust that designer Apple, whilst guided by one individual, is way stronger than just that one individual. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever read the book Sapiens? Mm-mm. Yuval Harari is the, uh, I'll put a link to the show notes uh, to the book. It's a history of humans. Mm-hmm. And and it talks a little bit about how uh, Homo sapiens won in the evolutionary race, and his premise is that um, it was collaboration, 
and uh, more to the point, peop, uh, humans' ability, their, our brains uh, evolved to be able to tell stories, to convince other people to work with you so that we could collaborate and so that bands of humans who were less powerful uh, could defeat ne Neanderthals who were more powerful because they didn't have strategy and, and collaboration and tribes and stuff like that. Anyway, the point in one of the chapters, he talks about the company Fiat, you know, the, the Italian mm -hmm. company, right? Company's been around for 120 years making various things, um, uh, evolving over all of those years. And the point he makes is that obviously, company that old, nobody who started Fiat is alive today. In fact, there's probably three generations of people that have, or two generations that have lived and died in the history of that company that have worked there. And somehow like the, 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 the brand, the culture, the philosophy, the products have persisted throughout into three cent centuries now. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is like a remarkable thing that we are able to do is to be able to pass culture on even in like capitalism. It works, right? It's not just uh, the the stories we tell each other, but it is the way in which we do business and the way in which these these sort of fictional creations. There is no such thing as a company in the in nature, right? It's a thing we just make up and decide to do and write down on paper, and then it is, and then it exists. And so, anyway, um, I think Apple is one of those kind of companies. I think Apple could be around for 150 or 200 years, probably. You should read the you should read that book. It's really good. Yeah, that, that sounds like an interesting premise. I like that. Yeah. So, um, no, this doesn't bother me. People come and go. I mean, sure. Like, yeah. I was, I was, I actually got a little depressed when Steve Jobs died. Like, yeah. You know, I was like, oh, what a blow. You know, mm -hmm. he was such a, such a figure. But, uh, and, and I do. I like, I have, I have an emotional response to when I saw the news this morning and Johnny Ives was leaving. But, mm -hmm. um, but no, it doesn't, doesn't freak me out. Then I feel better. <laughs> I just gotta get a designer in charge over there. That's yeah. Properly, properly in charge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else is going on with you? You record a lot of podcasts. I do. Too many to mention. Uh, but if I would say, if people want to hear more about Apple stuff, uh, I host a couple of shows, Upgrade and Connected, where I talk about those. Um, maybe, maybe presentable listeners would be interested in my pen and paper show called The Pen yeah. Addict. Maybe pen. you know. Pen addict is yeah. good. Yeah, they should. Uh, tangible things in the world. Too many mm -hmm. digital designers would just crave that. And uh, you should stop buying vinyl records and you should buy pens. I think that's what you should do. Or both. <laughs> both yeah. uh, connected is good. Upgrade. I'm making notes so I can put it in the show notes so I don't forget. Upgrade <laughs> is fantastic. And pen addict. Uh, and you're an entrepreneur guess so well, you are guess you so. have a company called relay fm that was <laughs> graciously accepted my podcast um you should go to relay fm and look at all the podcasts that are there pick pick a couple that you don't do i know you i know you love them all i know that. i love them all but who should we uh who should we who else should we go listen to what's new actually what's new so I guess some of our newer stuff, we have a show called Adapt, which is about iPad, um, Automators, which is about helping uh, compute, ba basically making computers work for you. Um, maybe Make Do would be a show that would be, again, be interesting to presentable listeners, uh, which is about creativity and art and maybe turning something from the side into a business. Ah, nice. 
Cool. All right, we'll do that. Uh, I'm going to also promote uh, Cortex. Thank you. Uh, for yeah, no, for people who want to get better, I was going to say get better at work, but I think it's get better at life, right? It is essentially, um, yeah. I don't know. You you give me the little pitch. I think the idea around like we talk about work a lot, but it's talking about work from two people that would like to minimize the amount of work for the maximum gain and whatever that gain might end up being, which could be, I mean, it could be financial, but it could just be to do something that we really enjoy. Um, it's hosted by myself and uh, YouTuber CGB Gray. And it, the show basically was created on the idea that we work, we have quite similar ideas of the way that we work. And we used to meet and have these lunches very frequently where we talk about work. And then we was like, why don't we make a podcast where we can just have these in front of people? That's great. That's great. And as as a result, you've kind of come up with a little bit of process around journaling and you made a physical product mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That, that people should go pre-order. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's more like put your name in a hat and eventually <laughs> you might be able to buy one, I hope. Uh, being shipped over, were made and shipped and it's a whole big thing. But yeah, we're... This is kind of like I, I wanted been wanted to try out new things in my life and making a physical product, which is not just a journal, but like a whole journaling system is kind of been something that I've wanted to do for a long time. And we've made it happen. That's awesome. That's awesome. We've invested in a, a fair number of non-software companies and all of them say, man, hardware is hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Manufacturing. is Get a nightmare. thing from one place to another place. It's hard. Customs. Oh my God. <laughs> well, congrats on all of that. It's all uh, wonderful stuff and it all seems to be going really well. Uh, and I always enjoy uh, having you on the show uh, and I always enjoy our conversation. So thanks so much for being here and have a great vacation. Pleasure. Oh, thank you, Jeff. And that's another episode of Presentable. Hey, got any questions? You can email us at hello at presentable.fm or get in touch via Twitter by following Presentable FM. We hope you've really enjoyed the show. And if you do, could you take a moment and give us a rating on iTunes? It really helps and we'd really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And until next time, I'm Jeffrey Veen and this was Presentable. Presentable.